All right, welcome to the Red Triangle Sports Podcast. We're back after a one-week hiatus due to just too much going on last week. Um, so we're here to talk uh, what is week seven in the Sons of Fantasy Football League. Had a barn burner last week between the Desert Dogs and the Steel Curtain. Um, so joining me from the Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. It's fantastic to be here, man. Dripping, dripping with sarcasm. And uh, also joining Shane Stein from Teabag. Good to be here, Matt. All right, it's good to be uh, tied for the top of the Favre division. So It, it is. Uh, a little disheartening loss last night. I really wanted that one. Um, didn't exactly have a couple of my best players in there, so it hurt, but wanted, wanted to get Pop Cause. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't have started Devontae Booker if you wanted to win. Yeah, yeah, that uh, definitely hurt. Um, I thought it was going to be a good week for Booker, but turns out Ajayi was the play, and that would have gotten me the win, but it's over now. So let's just quickly recap the standings here. Um, we're about at the halfway point of the regular season. I guess this week is technically the halfway point of the regular season. Um, <clears throat> three teams sit at 4-2 and two in the Favre division. Team Ice Cream, Take Your Ball and Go Home and the Fleetwood Franchise, Abusement Park 3-3, three and three. Seawolves 3-3, three and three. and myself bring up the rear at 2-4. and four. Um, Anything you guys have to say about the Favre division, any surprises, any, anything of note where, with these six teams? I, I think it's going just about as how we thought it was going to. Uh, we, th- we thought it would be bunched up pretty much all year. Um, that's kind of what we're getting. Um, I think the best team might not be one of them that's tied for first. Uh, after last week, that has to be the abusement park in my mind. I mean, I know it was just one week, but man... 188 points, is that what it ended up at? Yeah. Uh, absolutely ridiculous. Um, I was looking at his team, there's just not a lot of holes there when he has all the guys in there. Um, I think he might be the best. In, but not to say the Ice Cream's team is pretty solid as well, I think. I mean, there's a bunch of good teams in the far division. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty close the whole way. Yeah, I think it looks like Shane said, similar to what we thought. Um, uh, I think that uh, the franchise has doubled the projected win total already <laughs> this year. That has to be a surprise to Shane. Um, I personally like the ice cream team out of this division. Um, I think that uh, the park's certainly a good team, but um, if not for that fourth quarter explosion from Beckham, uh, they don't do what they did last week, and I still... For me, the jury's still out on Matt Jones. I mean, great performance from him last week, but I don't think you can bank on that happening um, with any type of frequency. Yeah, Jones has been pretty good this year, actually, in general. and He's a guy that I've made a lot of fun of on this podcast. Um, but he's been pretty good. Uh, James White, that's not going to be a thing forever. Uh, Deion Lewis will be back at some point this year. Um if you catch him on a week where Drew Brees is at home, David Johnson plays a weak defense, and Beckham has a good match, you're in trouble um, just with those three guys alone. So, Well, let's put it this way. I mean, obviously, you're not going to put up that many points this week, but, I mean, you had seven guys go over – or six guys go over 20 points. 
Yeah. And he got absolutely nothing from the rest of his team. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. I mean, he had five points from two players in the Thursday night game. Yeah, he got absolutely nothing from Demarius, um, his defense, his second flex, and his kicker. Like, he got nothing. Yeah. He still put up 188. And still has some guys on the bench that, that are doing some nice things. I mean, you only have to play a certain amount of guys. It's not like you need to have that many good players. And he's, he has a lot of top-end talent on his team. It's going to be tough to beat him. I just think you can catch him on the right week. You, you you want to play him on a week when Breeze is on the road. Maybe Johnson, like this week, going up against the Seahawks. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, like, this this could be a tough week for the park. But we'll get there when we get to our matchups. Um, <clears throat> let's circle over to the Elway division. St. Louis Patriots at 5-1. and one. Hammer and Clan two games back at 3-3. Three and three. The Weevils and the Power at two and four, and the Curtain in the cellar of the Elway at one and five. Uh, Shane, what, what do you see over there in that division right now? Cellar of the league. <laughs> Business as usual, I guess, is what I see. Um, the Patriots dominated last year, and they're doing the same this year. Um, taking a little different approach this year. Been the luckiest team so far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one really putting up any points against them. I don't even know. I think he's had faced someone under 100 points like four times already this year. Really? Uh, it's something like that. It's No one's really scoring against him. Only 605 points. You see a team like the Bull Eagles who have actually outscored them, but they've given up over 300 more points than them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously luck comes into the equation a little bit. But with that being said, I still think the Patriots have a good team. I actually think they've underperformed. Um, but they, their record is, hasn't shown that. Um, it's their division to lose. Obviously, with the two-game advantage at the halfway point, but I think it's going to be a, a year where only two teams from the uh, LA get in. I think it's going to be. It's you, going to be four from four. So you got the Patriots and Hammer right now, or I know you're a big Hammer fan. I am. I am. Um, jury's still out. I think I, I'm still in on the Hammer. I'm in on the Clan. I'm in on the Weevil still. Eddie, you're in the LA division. What do you see from it? Except for everybody's bottoms. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Um, two of us get scored on. Everyone <laughs> goes against us. It makes it tough to win the same two guys as last year. I uh, can't ever steal a win on a bad week like everyone else seems to. Um, yeah, I think Cos- or I think Shane's probably right. I think going to make it out. Um I think it's probably definitely between the Hammer and the Clan. Um, I just think, I don't know, for me, I think the Clan's going to find more consistency down the stretch. Um, I think the Roethlisberger injury puts the Hammer in a bad spot. We don't really know that Antonio Brown's going to be out and putting up those 10, 12 catch games now. Um, That definitely was what made Brown movable last year was when Brown got hurt. That's when Brown became a tradable piece. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, for me, I think it's probably the clan. Um, I still like the Weevils, though. I think if they can keep pace here, they, they still got a shot. Yeah, and that, that uh, Big Ben injury doesn't just affect Antonio Brown on the hammer. Uh, Sammy Coates was a big part of what he was doing there the last couple of weeks as well. And nobody throws a deep ball. Well, not many people throw a deep ball like Big Ben does. Um, it's an underrated aspect of his game. And that's pretty much Coates. He's pretty much a one-trick pony. Um, 
So that's definitely going to hurt him, too. He's got Coates outside the starting lineup this week for the Hammer. Uh, let's do a quick waiver wire recap. Um, I was a little surprised. I thought this was going to be a pretty wild waiver week with uh, the Carlos Hyde injury, the Eddie Lacy injury. Um, you know, I, I just thought there were going to be a lot of people throwing some money around for what looked like a lot of players that could have some kind of an impact. And it turns out that nobody actually lost a bid. Everybody in the league could have gotten the guy they wanted for a dollar, um, which is frustrating because I used uh, 22 of my 30 remaining dollars uh, this week. But, you know, I'm playing week to week right now. I'm living week to week. So I, I got to try and do what I, what I can when I can. So... Steel Curtain adds Mike Davis for $37. Team Ice Cream adds Niall Davis for $20. I got Ty Montgomery for $16 and Sean Drone for $6. Patriots add the Rams D for $6. Steel Curtain adds the Giants D for $2. Perkium Power adds the Packers D for $2. And the Bull Weevils added a kicker, Matt Bryant, for a dollar. Good, Shane. Yeah, um... I know I wanted wanted to put some bids on players, and I fell asleep last night, um, forgot all about it. I woke up this morning, and I was like, shit, I, I wanted to get some bids. And I actually don't think I would have got any of the players that I was bidding on. talked earlier. I was definitely going to bid on Montgomery and Drone. Um, those were two I was looking at. And then Antonio Gates probably would have been a guy I would have threw a bid on, but he ended up not getting bid on at all. So um, there were some good players out there. Mm-hmm. It was surprising. It seemed like maybe the guys – at the top of the league, kind of are content right now. They're they're not really chasing anything, and the guys that need wins that are they're at the, kind of at the bottom of the pole right now went out and picked up those players. <laughs> um, I think I think some people are maybe following what you did last year, and they're just not willing to use their fab until the very end. There's a lot of people just hoarding it. I think, um, and you know, even though I've kind of wasted some money on some of these picks, it's allowed me to get. Golden Tate and uh, Ty Montgomery, who I think, you know, if Montgomery does what I'm hoping he does this week, he may be a reason why I'm still in the playoff hunt after this week. So Yeah, it's interesting because you have teams like you and Ed right now who you, you need to win. Like, you, you have to win. Um, you can't really afford many more losses or, or you're going to be finding yourselves out of it. So you got to make some moves. No matter if it's wasting money or not, you got to go after it. Um, but I, I think you might be right. It's everyone seem maybe maybe saving their money for that one big purchase um, or saving it for the end of the year. But the thing I don't know if that purchase is going to come this year. Um, D'Angelo Williams was kind of a one-time deal last year. I feel like no, because he should have been owned last year when you got him. Yeah. Um, so that I mean, it seems like the league league wide um, has done a much has taken a more proactive approach at handcuffing running backs, making sure that. All the, the guys that might step into a big role are, are already owned. So yeah. if you, as you look on the wire, there's not a whole lot of out, whole lot out there that you could pick up and would be worth that eighty dollar bid. Um, yeah, and there could be two more if um, if Butler and Spears would just get rid of their backup kickers. <laughs> um, but that's neither here nor there because they're both playoff teams right now, and I'm not. So. <laughs> Eddie, what did you see on the waiver wire? I know you made the biggest splash adding Mike Davis. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a good move. <laughs> I just was 
like Shane said, we can't afford losses. Um, I was one of the guys that was trying to hold on to the fab money um, to make a big move later in the season, but I found myself needing one and needing something to try and get wins. And like you said, we're going week to week. Um, I'm not even sure if he's going to be in the lineup when time comes, but I was sitting there last night trying to figure out what to bid, and I was like, well, if I lose this week, it, uh, what am I holding the money for? Yeah. So that it, 37 seemed obnoxious, but when you're in the position I'm in, it was, what the hell am I going to save it for? Yeah, I think maybe that hide injury kind of hit a little late last night, and that's why um, we didn't see a lot of action on Davis there. The Nile Davis, I thought a lot of people would be bidding on him. I thought he'd be the top bidder of the week. Spears gets him for 20, 20 bucks. It is officially Spears' first free agent acquisition budget uh, transaction. Great job by him. He knows how to do it. So that's uh, it's. I can officially put Spears into the contenders market now. It's impressive on his part. Um, I don't know. I, I I personally didn't put a bid on him because I didn't think Lacey's injury was that serious. Turns out it is. Um, and I also, like I had said earlier, I'm week to week, and Davis wasn't going to play this week, so I didn't feel like I had a chance to even get Davis. Turns out I was right because I wouldn't have went 21. Um. But I'm really surprised a lot of the other teams in the league didn't jump in on him. I just don't know that he's very good anymore. <laughs> I don't even know if I would throw a bit on him. Um, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be at least a week or two until he starts seeing some action for them. Sean Jones not good, though, and you were going to put a bid in on him. You're probably right. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying you had to be the one, but there's people that could have used a running back. Yeah, I just feel like I feel like Sean Jones' action is going to be more than than Davis's action while he's in there. Um, I don't know. I feel like he's going to get more touches. Well, we won't find out this week because Davis. Um, I don't think they're planning on playing him since they just acquired him on Monday, and they're they're playing right now as we do the podcast. But um, next week, I would definitely expect Nile Davis to have a role in this lineup. Um, I guess we should talk about it. Last domino to kind of fall this week will be Mike Gillisley. Uh, looks like McCoy's not going to play. Gillisley was dropped, I believe, yesterday by sure. So he has to sit two days on the waiver wire. So I think he processes overnight tonight. Um, what are you guys expecting there? I think this could be a big number. Yeah, I and think I, so. I think it should be a big number. Yeah, I think definitely should be. I talked last year a lot about buying into running back situations. And since the coordinator change, they've gotten back to Rex Ryan teams and running the ball. I think it's a good running back situation to buy into. Um, and now there's seems to be reports suggesting that it could be longer for McCoy than just the one week. So, I mean, if that holds true, it could definitely be worth the buy and buying into that running back situation. Yeah, I think it might be. I don't know what the biggest – Transaction is this year is thirty seven the highest head? I went fifty six. Oh yeah, Dick Sorry about that. Um, I don't know that it gets to fifty six. I'm not sure. No, it probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't be that high. But I don't. I don't know if someone's desperate for a running back. Maybe, maybe he gets close to that. But I would think somewhere around where Ed bid for Davis. Yeah, I mean you got to think Bowles going to be in on him. Um, it's going to kind of make or break Bowles' season. I think if he wins this week. Uh, so getting Gillisley would be the McCoy replacement. 
So I'd have to imagine. I mean, he finished second in the tape bidding. I know Fegley's interested. Um, well, we should all be interested. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you right now. I'm maxing out mine. Whatever I got left, <laughs> I got it in on Gillisley. It's not even double digits, so I'm not a contender. But just in case everyone falls asleep like Shane did last night, maybe I could steal this guy. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think everyone in the league should be interested. He's definitely worth a pickup for everyone. Yeah. I would imagine he's going to probably start this weekend, if not at least probably another week, it's looking like. So, I mean, you get two starts out of a primary back. Uh, you can't really beat that. Yeah. All right. Let's move into the uh, Week 7 matchups. Start off with uh, Team Ice Cream against the Hammer. This is Week 2 of the crossover portion of the season, the three-week uh, middle portion where the Favre and LA teams match up against each other. Last week, the Favre division won 5-1. and one. Thanks, Shane, for being the black eye of the division. Um, all right, so we'll start off with Team Ice Cream. Tops in the Favre. Hammer, second in the LA. Um, oh, my God. Spears started Nile Davis. Got four Packers going tonight. Aaron Rodgers, Nile Davis, <laughs> Jordy Nelson, and Mason Crosby. Um, let's take a look at his bench here. Well, Zeke's on by. So, I guess he didn't even have another running back on the roster. He kind of had to play him, I guess. Um, wow, that's terrible. So, <laughs> uh, All right, question. Can Spears survive starting his RB2, who probably won't see the field tonight? Well, the way this game is going, before this game, I probably would have said yes. Um, but the way the game is going right now, it doesn't look like it. Um, 7.6 points out of four starters isn't going to cut it. Um, Packers not doing much on offense. He really counts on that Rodgers-Nelson connection yeah. from week to week. And then, obviously, the Elliott production has been great. Um, but it's looking like he's going to be in some big trouble. <laughs> That's it. Oh, I got. This team doesn't look very good when Elliott and Olsen are on by. Good thing they only have one, huh? That's true for him. I mean, Rodgers just hasn't been Rodgers, even though I think he's still a top six quarterback. Um, he hasn't looked right. But this team does not look scary right now. I think, uh, I think Butler could pull one off this week. Um, all right, let's move over to Butler's team. Which running back in the San Diego-Atlanta matchup on Butler's team has a better week, Devontae Freeman or Melvin Gordon? The game is at Atlanta, 4 o'clock start on Sunday. Freeman. Freeman. Yeah, I think I probably agree with you guys. Um, those are some quick answers, though. I feel like it's a hard. I feel like it's a closer question than you guys answered. Why so quick on Freeman? I just think San Diego's going to have to throw the ball to win this game. Um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think to, to compete, they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I actually think it's a, a good good week for Rivers. Um, could be a lot of garbage yarding passage in the second half. Yardage? Yeah, I don't know what I said, but some, a lot of yards in the second half. For garbage Rivers. yardage passing. Garbage yardage passing. <laughs> it's a new stat. Yeah, I, uh, I talked all throughout the first 
four weeks about how Melvin Gordon was so touchdown dependent. Um, and on 27 touches last week, I know it's against Denver, but man, 27 touches, you get 9.4 points out of him. I feel like if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's he's not getting you what you need. And I think Devontae Freeman's kind of, he hasn't been that this year, except for the time they played New Orleans when everyone ran rampant. Um, but I just think he has the potential to to do more without scoring. Um, so that's why I think he's the better bet. You don't want to try and pinpoint touchdowns because it's too hard. They're too random. So for me, I'm going to go with the guy that can do more without scoring a touchdown. To me, that's Freeman. I, I don't know that I disagree with you. I just want to pose this. I know you've brought that point up a lot, Ed. How many running backs in the league, though, are there that kind of aren't touchdown dependent, um, that put up the necessary points just with their yardage and catches alone, <clears throat> that there's still uh, there can't be that many of them? Um, There's not, but the, the point isn't – the point that I was trying to make with that wasn't that – there's not running backs that aren't touchdown dependent. The point was Melvin Gordon wasn't the guy that he was looking like he was in the first four weeks. I mean, he had 57 yards, 35 yards, and 36 yards, and he had five touchdowns in those games. So it was making him look like he was a world beater. If you're just looking at, you know, if you're looking at the fantasy scores he was putting up, but I mean, he wasn't doing anything. It's not going to carry over when those touchdowns go away. There's nothing carrying over. I'm not saying there's a lot of guys out there that are going to put up huge weeks without scoring touchdowns, but I, to me, it looked like he was going to be really bad without those touchdowns. And he was every bit of a, I'd imagine he was probably every bit of a top six running back there when he was putting up those touchdowns. I think he may have been the top running back for a little while there with all those touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, he's a three to five point player in those weeks. Uh, without the touchdowns, and three of those games were multi-touchdown games. So, I mean, there are a few. I, I would consider Elliott to be not Elliot, Bell. David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. I'd even consider Gurley to not be touchdown dependent. Um, not that it's always going to be a good game, but I don't need a touchdown for him to have a good week for me just based on the way they utilize him. Um, Lamar Miller. Lamar Miller, yeah. So there are a couple out there. Um, I mean, I think it pretty much stops at the, the probably 10, like the RB1 tier. McCoy, DeMarco Murray, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. But Freeman's one of those guys that you don't need the touchdown for yeah. him to be. The only thing you worry about with Freeman is Tevin Coleman stealing some uh, stealing some work, and I think this could be a week where we see that. So I like Gordon, I like Freeman, and I like Tevin Coleman uh, this week in that matchup. I think that... Uh, this game has some potential to have some real nice fantasy stats. I was going to say, doesn't this seem like a 35-31 game? Yeah. Something like that. Falcons winning, Chargers make a late kind of score. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. River's going to have a chance to win it, and Matt Ryan's going to have a chance to blow it. That's all we know. Uh, that's usually, usually what happens when those teams play. <laughs> River's so. going to look really frustrated on the sideline yeah. when something goes wrong. So who wins? Um, Hammer versus Ice Cream. Hammer. 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 Clean sweep. All right, move over to the Fleetwood franchise versus Perkyo and Power. We'll start off with the franchise who have a record of four and two, opposed to the two and eleven they were predicted to have by Shane. Um, Eddie, I'll give you a chance to beat your chest here a little bit. Is DeAndre Hopkins still a top twenty receiver? I don't, where does he fall right now? I wonder. 
Uh, I got that for you. Give me a second. Got to be outside the top 20. He's he's 22nd at his position right now. Yeah, I wish I could remember. We were trying to project him before the season started, you and I were. I think we both said he'd fall down around 25, didn't we? Wasn't that where we were putting him? You and I? That conversation? 25? I think we were saying he'd be down around 20, 25. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I said that we'd been the whole... I was watching preseason games, and I was just like, this offense stinks. It's so bad, and it's very spotty. Um, And to go a step further, I said the same thing about Mark Ingram, and I talked about the last time we did a show, I said, are we concerned about John Coon? And everyone said no, and then they handed the ball to Kobe Fleener, for Christ's sakes. (laughs) I mean, how how mad do you have to be as an Ingram owner to see them on the two-yard line and constantly not giving them the ball? Yeah, no, it's definitely frustrating. I mean, I, I still am an Ingram believer. Um, you know, you don't find many running backs out there getting 15 to 20 touches a game, and he's one of them. So. But I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, he falls into that. I guess he's touchdown dependent, and <laughs> if they're giving him to Coon and Fleener, then he's not getting touchdowns. What do you feel about Hopkins? I still think he's a top 20 receiver. Um, they need to figure some things out. Brock Osweiler is not the answer. Um, that guy, I haven't seen enough of him to know that he's not very good. Um, he's certainly not a top 20 guy this week, I don't think, uh, playing at Denver. Um, I, I think that Houston gets absolutely swallowed up in that game. Um, I'd be shocked if they scored. <laughs> yeah, the only reason he's 22, he, get, he caught a late touchdown against Minnesota. Um kind of bailed him out there and I think he got like 15 targets last week as well Fuller didn't play so that definitely has helped out Hopkins um, at Denver this week Detroit in week 8 by in week 9 then it starts to soften a little bit here in the second half Jacksonville Oakland San Diego Green Bay Indy Jacksonville again and the Bengals uh, with the Titans wrapping it up in week 17 so um, things could be loosening up here for Hopkins um, for the franchise. But, Eddie, have to give you credit there. You were spot on that he wasn't going to be a top five guy again this year. Let's move over to uh, Jeremy's team. Same team. Uh, Lamar Miller running back broke out last week in a big way for the Texans and the power. Um, unfortunately, the power didn't get much from anyone else on their team for it to matter. Uh, Ken Lamar Miller put up double-digit fantasy points this week at Denver on Monday night. Yes. Yeah. It's just I think so. solely based on touches for me. Uh, he's They don't have any other options. They're just really limited. I mean, they have to give him the ball so many times that odds are he's going to get the double digits. I mean, they're very limited throwing the ball down the field. Um, so they have to give him carries and, and short passes. So that being said, he's, he's almost a lot for double digits every week. Well, last time they got their heads beaten in was two weeks ago by Minnesota. He had eight carries for 20 yards. So that's my reason for asking. Um, I feel like this could be a similar game script where, hey, they don't have the ball a lot like you had said um, to us in text yesterday. 
and B, they're just getting completely annihilated because I think Denver wants this game more than anything this year. Um, they want Osweiler to, to feel some pain in this one. So um, if you're looking at that Minnesota game script, that's the reason why I asked that question. You both kind of dismissed it rather quickly. but I mean, I, I get, I'm, I'm all over the Denver bandwagon this week. I mean, I, I think there's, it's going to be a slaughter. But <laughs> I'll play the odds of him just having to touch the ball for Houston to have a chance, have him having to touch it 20 times. And can he get 10 points out of that? I, I think he can, I think odds are that he will get close to 10. Somewhere around there. All right, who wins? Franchise versus power. Power. I'm going to take the power reluctantly. Power, and I think it's going to be pretty low scoring. Um, that's tough. I want to take the franchise just because they're constantly disrespected on this podcast. Um, I really like to see them start someone better than DeAndre Washington as their RB two. Who knows? Maybe they'll get Gillisley. Um, well, it looks like they have Riddick in there right now. Um, I see. De- I see DeAndre Washington. I see Riddick, but. I don't hit that good old refresh button. There you go, it is one. It's DeAndre Washington. You guys suck. Um, (laughs) I'll take the franchise. Gonna respect those two guys. Respect the... uh, Washington now as I refreshed. (laughs) Respect the Favre division a little bit there. Alright, let's move over to the Seawolves and the clan. Um, Was anybody surprised that Phil put a $26 bid in for Tyrod Taylor? Yes. Did you talk to him about that? No. Guy loves putting in huge bid for quarterbacks. I have no idea why. <laughs> he did that last year for Tyrod Taylor, too. He loves Tyrod Taylor. <clears throat> um, question for the Seawolves. Is Jeremy Hill a top 10 option this week against Cleveland in what should be, I think, a route? Uh, yeah, you would definitely think this is one of the Jeremy Hill weeks. I mean, if you're going to try and pinpoint him on when he's going to have his two touchdown games, you'd think that this is one of the better ones to circle on his schedule. Yes, he is. Cleveland's terrible. Yeah, I thought about putting Hill in my Fandle lineup, had him in for a half second, and then found some better options out there, so went away from it. But I think Hill could have a big game this week. Um, I also think Spencer Ware could have a big game this week for uh, Phil. Are we? Is it? Is this a definite timeshare now in Kansas City with Ware and Charles? Or just as we get closer to the playoffs, maybe Charles will become the guy. I think. I think Charles is the number one now. I just think this is definitely going to be a Ware week because I think they're going to be up, and I think they're going to be running down the clock. And much like the game script of last week, when. Ware kind of got all of his carries, still 24 carries last week because they were up and riding them out. So I think that he's going to be the guy down the stretch, just kind of still saving Charles, using him when they need him. Yeah, we're still in a timeshare. Um, they're going to let Charles get healthy before breaking him out. I actually don't even know if it ever happens that Charles fully takes over. Um, I think it's going to be more even than we think the rest of the way. Um Part of it is the, the receivers in that team are terrible. They can't get open. They're really bad. 
that's another reason why I didn't want to go with Alex Smith this week in our other league guys. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that works out for us. Let's move over to the clan. Um, <clears throat> what can we expect from uh, Andrew Luck at Tennessee? Tennessee's been a pretty good defense. Luck has been uh, frustrating, I think, to put it mildly, despite the fact that he is the number three quarterback um, in fantasy football this year. It's just been more the same with him, where he looks terrible in the first half and brings his team storming back to just lose by a touchdown or less in the second half. But um, what can we expect from him in a road divisional matchup? Tough game this week. Uh, 250, two scores and a pick. I think it's more of the same. Um, I think they're going to get beat up a little bit. I mean, it's going to be an ugly game for the Colts. Um, division games are always tougher, and his offensive line is just awful. Um, posed this question to you a few weeks ago. Are, are we sure that Andrew Luck is good at quarterback? You said he is. I'm sure. Um, I'm not. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure anybody else around him on that team belongs in the NFL. That's my problem. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to, I'd love to see what the guy could do with, with some – some pieces in front of him. <laughs> um, and him. He hasn't had a running game in four years either. I mean, Gore, Gore is what he is, but yeah, not give even, him a dynamic pass-catching running back and see what he can do with that. Yeah, it's not it's not even the position players for me. It's just, let's let's give the guy some time back there. I, I think he could be if he if he felt protected and they got some guys on the offensive line that they keep him healthy and, and safe, but we just haven't seen that yet. And until then, we're never going to see his true potential. Um until then, I, the jury's still out for me whether or not he's good because I feel I'm not sure how much of that falls on him. Uh, part of being a quarterback is being able to get your guys into good protections, and I don't know the Colts just can't do that. But he holds the ball entirely too long. I agree. And I'm not sure if that's completely his fault either. It's easy to say, yeah, the quarterback holds the ball way too long, but does this go back to the fact that we said T.Y. Hilton's not a guy that's going to go out and obliterate man coverage? Well, you kind of see it, too, with these quarterbacks that have mobility. You know, the knock on Rodgers holds the ball too long. Knock on Ben holds the ball too long. Some of these bigger guys that can constantly get away from, um, you know, pass rushes and sneak away, they end up always kind of waiting as long as they possibly can, and they end up taking more hits than they probably should because of that. And I think that's definitely – I think Luck has a little bit of that in him, too. I don't know. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt just because. But he's going to have a new coach after this year. There's no way Pagano survives this season. Um, he really. The management of that team is one of the worst in the NFL, too. So, I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of faith in the Colts, but. So maybe I shouldn't have much faith in luck, but I just don't think this ends well with him in Indianapolis. So. Who wins? Wolves and Clan. Yeah, go with the Wolves. Even though Cameron Meredith is putting up a goose egg tonight for him, I'm still going to go Wolves because he has some really tasty running back matchups. All four of his guys. I'll take the clan because he has the tastiest running back matchup of the week, DeMarco Murray, against the aforementioned Colts. Um, let's move over to Abusement Park versus the St. Louis Patriots. Pretty good matchup here. Two of the better teams in the league. Um... Sure, obviously had that huge 188-point week last week. Papa Kaz, one of the most consistent scorers in the league. 
Um, let's start off with David Johnson for the Abusement Park. Do you think David Johnson can put up a big game against Seattle? No. Yes. <laughs> you guys are killing me with the one-word answers. David Johnson's a freak. <laughs> um, he's a freak athlete. Um, fast kill off. <laughs> he might be the fast kill alive. He's on steroids. Um, he he's incredible. Um, the game's at home. Place is going to be rocking Sunday night. I think that helps out. I think they're going to Arizona's going to win that game. So I expect David Johnson to put up 15 points at least. Carson Palmer. Here's here's why I say no. Carson Palmer has not been good enough to make Seattle not stack the box and try to take away David Johnson. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you, Ed, since you're kind of more the football expert here out of the three of us. Um, are we seeing a shift from Arizona to a 3-4 wide passing offense to more of a predominantly run-based team? Well, I said, I said this earlier in the year when we were talking about John Brown that the belief is that this is an aired-out team and they don't have as many three-wide sets as... It seems. Um, I don't think they really ever were this arid out team that we perceived them to be. I think they're a team that wants to take shots down the field because uh, Arians is certainly an aggressive play caller, but I don't think they've ever really been an arid out team. Um, Chris Johnson was certainly productive last year when he was in there for a good while. I think they've always been a team that wants to be able to run the ball and set up some stuff down the field off of that. Yeah, it's no question the Arians wants to throw the ball down the field. But I've watched a few of their games, and Carson Palmer is diminishing every week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he, he's not very good anymore. He, a couple, few years ago, he was, and now he's just slowly declining. And I don't know how much longer he, they can. I mean, obviously, they're gonna, he's going to make the year, but I mean, I don't know his future is as long as we think it might be. It might be over soon. Yeah. He has the feeling of a guy who maybe just had one too many surgeries. You know, um, and Eddie, to counter your three-wide point, it's a good thing John Brown's the number two in Arizona now, so he doesn't need those three wides to get on the field. Michael Floyd has been atrocious. I know he had the touchdown last week, but um, that's a guy that I'm just not sure it's ever going to happen for him. To counter your counter, you said now. I said weeks ago when we were talking about John Brown. I was discussing the fact that they weren't a three-wide team as much. as. No, I know. I'm just saying. Good thing. He may be the two now, but he wasn't then. Uh, he's been the two for a couple weeks now. And I believe that not all of us on this podcast were ranking Larry Fitzgerald one when we were talking about those three dynamic receivers they had there. No, I had Floyd as the one. Steinman's the only guy I think that Fitz is the best. That's correct. I believe I did. You had Fitz too, you think? Pretty sure, because I always hated John Brown, and I've never been a big Floyd believer. Might have to rewind the tape on that one. Uh, let's move, move over to the St. Louis Patriots. Um, kind of hard to talk about somebody that's in the middle of a game, but Shane, you are the biggest Alshon Jeffrey fan next to Papa Kaz. Any concerns about Alshon this year? He still has yet to find the end zone here, and we're halfway through week seven. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think he's one of the best players in the league at the position. Um, obviously, the quarterback play has been less than stellar in Chicago. 
uh, they need to get that figured out. I thought I thought she thought Boyer being in there might be a boost for him. Well, uh, right now it's sad. Matt Barkley. So. Uh, Barkley's in there now. Yeah, well, oh, that's even worse. Um, I think until Cutler's back, it might be a little bit of a struggle. I think once Cutler gets back, we'll see Alshon Jeffrey back to his low end wide receiver one and high end wide receiver two status. <laughs> Eddie's making a face. I think it's because Cutler sucks. But what's Cutler gonna do? Throw for four hundred? Hoyer's been throwing for three hundred. Like it's his job. Just do not to Jeffrey. Cutler's gonna come in and throw for five hundred. I mean, Jeffrey, uh, he's still just an incredible athlete. Um, I don't know. I'm not debated. concerned about him. Jeffrey's twenty sixth amongst wide receivers. Eddie, you've been. One of the biggest Jeffrey detractors on the other side of Shane and Papa Kaz. Um, where do you stand on him right now? Um, I think he's been doing more than what it feels like he's been doing. You pull up his game logs and he's hit double digits a lot more than it feels like without touchdowns. I mean, he's still <clears throat> he's still cert- certainly giving you something that you can keep in your lineup. But uh, when you think Alshon Jeffrey... I don't think the hope is for him to get to ten to twelve points. That's not what you're. That's not what you're hoping for when you see Alshon Jeffrey's name in your lineup. So I think it's certainly been disappointing. Um, you know, he's he used to be a, like a two touchdown threat every single week, and now he can't score halfway through week seven. Um, I think the only point that makes sense with what Shane's saying is Cutler's so bad, all he does is throw to Jeffrey. Um, so yeah, maybe it does help him because. He can't read a defense, and he's just going to throw it to him, and he'll bail him out. That's probably how most of his touchdowns have come over the years, but, yeah, it's been disappointing. Yeah, I mean, when you think Alshon Jeffrey, you think 10-touchdown guy. Um, It's kind of how he's become the receiver that he is in this league. I'm not sure the quarterback um, situation, no matter who's out there, it's going to whether or not it will help them or not because – I'm just not. I mean, Meredith has been great these last couple of weeks, but I'm just not sure that they have anything else around him to to, to uh, defer attention away from Jeffrey. I think that's the real issue at hand here, not necessarily the quarterback play. Hoyer's been outstanding um, while he's been in there, as much as he's not um, necessarily a good quarterback. So it works for Papakaz's team because he's got Julio Jones um, to kind of cushion this blow and you're right Ed I thought the numbers were going to be a lot worse um, because all you hear are that the targets are down for Jeffrey and that the targets are going to Meredith and Kevin White before White went out but um, it doesn't seem to be hurting him too badly still averaging 10.7 per game alright who wins? Abusement Park St. Louis Patriots Patriots no one scores against him. Got the best defense in the league. You should talk. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the Patriots. I'll take the Pats too. Uh, tough matchup for Breeze. Tough matchup for David Johnson. Tough matchup for OBJ. Um, and I'm not sure the Patriots need to go to Gronk to beat the Steelers up this week. So. Um, I'll take St. Louis Patriots. All right, let's move over to my matchup. Save the marquee matchup of the week for last here. 
Um, let's talk bull weevils, desert dogs. Bull weevils giving up more points than anybody else in the league. They get a blow with LaShawn McCoy being out for this week. Um, he may be a game-time decision, but everything's pointing to him not playing on Sunday. So, um, we'll start off with the Weevils here. He loses Keenan Allen injury, loses Big Bend injury, loses LaShawn for this week. Um, still has what I think is a pretty good team. Uh, Derek Carr's been outstanding this year. What do you guys expect from Derek Carr at Jacksonville Sunday at 1 o'clock? I think, uh, I think he's going to be productive. I think this is set up to be uh, Crabtree week. Um, I like Derek Carr. Uh, they seem to be road warriors. Seems like he has some of his best games on the road, so that doesn't deter me at all. Um, so I think he'll be effective. Yeah, I expect another big week from Carr. Um, tough matchup. Kansas City secondary is pretty good last week. Um, gets a much softer defense this week at Jacksonville. Yeah, had, uh, had Kansas City off a of bye, too, and Andy Reid is the master of that. Absolutely. And an absolute slop fest of weather as well. <laughs> yeah, so I expect, I expect some nice things out of Carr this week, uh, probably back in the 20-point range. I can already see what's going to happen in this game. Uh, Bulls got the Ravens' D against Geno Smith. It should be a big number for the defense going up against me, as usual, except for last week. Um, to move over to my team, can Golden Tate go back to back this week and put up another big number uh, for the Desert Dogs? It's not going to be a big number, but I certainly think he can be serviceable. I certainly think somewhere in the low double digits is, is where he might live this week. He's not a big enough receiver for the Redskins to put up a big number. He's not. He's not <laughs> tall enough. Uh, <laughs> Detroit doesn't really have anyone that's that's big enough to, to beat that secondary. <laughs> I think if they let uh, this is, this is interesting to me because they've got the Washington defense has kind of gotten away from the whole Josh Norman on one side thing and started shadowing him and receivers. And I'm wondering if they don't go back to just playing him on one side and, and instead of deciding who they're going to take away. I, I believe that they'll probably have to put Norman on Marvin Jones which allows Tate to be a little more effective. But I, I think Breland's kind of hit his stride a little bit, um, playing a lot better than he was in the first two two weeks of the season or so. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what Washington does, and that's going to really dictate what Tate can do. Um, if they just let Norman play on one side and take away the receiver that's on that side, or if he follows around Marvin Jones, that's going to make a big difference in what Tate does, I think. All right, some tough matchups here for the Desert Dogs this week. Who you guys got winning this one? Dogs versus Weevils. I got the, with the Weevils. I got the Dogs. <laughs> um, it's that time of year. Defending champion. Up against the ropes. It's, it's kind of a do or die. Got to win. And uh, you're not going down without a fight. You're winning this week. I'll take the wheels. Unless Ty Montgomery gets in the end zone here tonight, then I think I win. Um, you're that close, huh? <laughs> yeah. Six points. Six yep. points swing either way. Yep. Yeah, my games are my games are usually close if I can get it into the ninety point range. <laughs> that's that's the hard part. <laughs> the hard part for me is getting to ninety points. Alright, last matchup of the week. 
the two guys that I'm sharing the room with right now, Steel Curtain, take your ball and go home. Um, for Eddie, this is a loser leaves town match. Um, start off with Eddie's team here. Got some interesting running backs that if you had told you before the season that you were starting Jordan Howard, Jaquiz Rogers, and Mike Davis all in one week, I think you would have laughed and said, I don't want to play this game anymore. Uh, but, funny, because I'll laugh at it now and tell you I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you expect them from Jaquiz Rogers this week as the only guy in town for Tampa Bay? Um, I'm hoping for a big one. He had 30 attempts against Carolina. Uh, wish he would have found the end zone, but he didn't. He also had five catches. I think he's going to get a big workload. Um, I think San Francisco's defense is bad. So, uh, road game, I'm hoping they give it to him a lot. Yeah, it's funny. This kind of looks like a, a roster I would throw out there, doesn't it? Yeah. This, this is like very nostalgic for me. This looks like a... The running back situation that I would throw out. Yeah, except the quarterback Eddie's playing is the guy that owns your favorite quarterback. So. <laughs> Correct. We've got a Brady-Eli matchup <laughs> right now in a must-win game for Ed. Yeah. This doesn't bode well for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, to get to your question, it's got to be a big week for Rodgers, I would think. I mean, given the ball that many times last week, um, there's no one else to steal anything from him. He's got to be the guy. Um, San Francisco defense... Chip Kelly defense, obviously, terrible. Um, no Navarro Bowman in the middle. That would yeah. be a nice week for Rodgers. San Francisco's allowed 100-yard rusher within the last five weeks. Um, the sneaky guy I like for you this week, Eddie, is Hunter Henry. I don't know how sneaky it is, but Atlanta, miserable against tight ends. I think Henry is a big week. I think the funny part is I think we're going to see both Chargers tight ends yeah. in this match. <laughs> Which one's going to get in? Too. You guys are just weird. You guys <laughs> got weird teams. Um, all right, let's move over to Shane's team. Let's talk about Jay Ajayi. Comes off the 200-yard performance. Um, 204 to be exact. 35.2 fantasy points last week. Is Jay Ajayi the clear guy in Miami now? And can he keep some semblance of this up? Because obviously he can't keep up what he did last week. He's the clear guy, I think. He should be. He needs to be. He should have been three weeks ago. Don't know why they were giving carries to the guys they were giving them. Um, he showed he could do a little bit last year, but apparently they didn't believe in it. And no, he won't keep up what he's been doing because he's still not good. <laughs> He's the clear guy right now. That's evident. Um, he cannot keep up what he's doing. Um, he's not that good. Miami's team just isn't that good. Tannehill's not good enough to keep him at that ele- elevated position of the top two running back. Um, eventually teams are going to say, hey, make Tannehill beat us, and he can't do that. But he's certainly worth a start every week. Um, obviously, I didn't have him in there last week, which hurt, but he certainly certainly worth him one of your RB flex spots somewhere in there well we didn't know he was the guy last week in fairness to you everyone knew that Foster was coming back didn't know what that would mean Um, but one thing I just want to caution you guys on as you dismiss Jay Ajayi is that there are four first round NFL draft picks on that Miami offensive line Um, 
they don't get a lot of love because their quarterback sucks. Um, but I think that he may surprise some people, and uh, he may be a guy you have in there more often than not the rest of the way here, Shane. Well, yeah, until last week, he went from a guy that, that you're almost considering dropping. I mean, I, I'm almost considering dropping if Foster comes back and shows that he's going to be a lead guy. I mean, he almost turns into a droppable piece for me, and then he goes does what he does last week, and now it's, I mean, you got to hold on to the guy pretty much for the rest of the year unless he gets hurt. So, yeah, he's going to be in my lineup this week. He's probably going to be in my lineup going forward. Um, hopefully I found that second that compliment to Le'Veon Bell. All right, who wins? Curtain versus take your ball and go home. Teabags, it's not close. I'm going to go teabag and it is close. I, I think it's a lot closer than you think. Um, just because of the Rogers matchup at San Fran. Um, I kind of like Mike Davis in Tampa. Uh, I like both running backs in that game. And I think it's going to be closer than you think. Teabag, and it's not close. All right, you guys got some bold predictions? I don't. I did have a, uh, I had a trivia striped up for last week, and we didn't do a show, if you're interested. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. It's a tough one. I heard this one on another show I was listening to. Um, through four games, there's only three backs in the history of the NFL that had more rushing yards. I believe it was rushing. It might have been all-purpose in terms of rushing and receiving, but only three backs that were better than Ezekiel Elliott's. In any four-game stretch? No, through the first four games of the season. Of their career or the season? What? Like, of their career? Or their rookie season? Yeah. I don't know. I don't miss that part. That would probably help, huh? Yeah, because I think I saw a question similar to this, and... One of the answers was Cadillac Williams. No. All right, then. All right. Hmm. So the first four games of the season. Let's go with... I'll go with uh, Sean Alexander. No. Um... Jamal Lewis. Thinking of guys that have big seasons. Barry Sanders? No. Emmett Smith? No, that's a good one, though. <laughs> Walter Payton? No. Jim Brown? No. Eric Dickerson? Yes. <laughs> All right, one we hit one. No. Earl Campbell? School guy. One of them is still an active player. Still an Adrian active Peterson? Player. Yes, sir. He's good. He's, he's a pretty good player. Not bad. And the yeah, one Shane had a, the right team with with the Lions, but not the right guy. I don't think you'll get this one. Why? I thought Barry Sanders was on the first Lions team. can't think of another line. Billy Sims. Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. So. <laughs> Actually, I have a, a question. You guys will, will love this one. I came across the other day doing some light reading. Uh, 
Since 2007, Tom Brady has played 50 games at home. Oh, against, leave that shit at home. Against AFC teams. How many games has he won? He's lost one. He's 49-1. and one. You are correct. 49-1. And, <laughs> and one. it was the Bills in week 17 <laughs> two years ago. You read the same article. <laughs> no, I just they were talking about it oh. all week last week. 49 games and 49-1. and one. That's incredible to me. Yeah. In the NFL. But Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl last year. That is correct. So Tom's a really good regular season quarterback. <laughs> Not necessarily a great playoff quarterback. <laughs> um, all right, I got a quarterback bold prediction here. Um, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Colin Kaepernick. Um, Alex Smith. Basically, you name it. They will all be better than Drew Brees this week. Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota. Finally coming over to the dark side on the Drew Brees on the road, huh? No, he's terrible on the road. Everyone knows that. Come on. All right. Getting some followers. He's not as bad as Big Ben on the road, but... I'm going to hit you with uh, the Saints-Chiefs game under 35 points. I'm good with it. Low-scoring game in that one. I'm good with it. And I'm going to go Chargers-Falcons <laughs> over 55. Wow. Got two-for-one special over there, Ed? I do. And I think the last show we did was week five, and I think I hit both. I don't remember. I had the skins in Buffalo. That's the week, I believe, that Buffalo tore L.A. apart. And I think the, the Skins obviously won because they've won a couple in a row now, I think. Correct. Yeah, they won four in a row. Yeah, so... Why was Buffalo a dog against Los Angeles? I don't know. They were plus two. Traveling to the West Coast, I heard it's a thing. Uh, Seattle, right now, is plus one and a half against Arizona. And Baltimore, plus two against the Jets. You know, Flacco might not play. It's okay. He doesn't need to. We might see Ryan Mallett versus Geno Smith. That's, uh... Is Geno been named the starter? Yes. Yes. I missed that. Yeah. We breezed over that when we went through the power squad. Yeah, we didn't get into Brandon Marshall and how that hurts him, but clearly it does. Um... My running back bold prediction, LeGarrette Blunt, top 10 running back this week. Like Sorry. That. What? Oh, I said I like that. I got, you got to figure that the uh, Patriots are, are going to win that game pretty handily. Yeah, and Bill likes to help his guys out when they're going against teams that cut them. Steelers cut LeGarrette Blunt. I bet they get two one-yard opportunities, and I think he punches both in. This one is for you guys. Um, I got torn up earlier this week. Landry Jones, QB1 this week. The QB1 or no, a QB1? No, QB1, top 12 in the league. Yeah, of course you wait for a bye week with a lot of buys. A lot of quarterbacks not playing. All right, Landry Jones, over 18 points. All right. All right, um, Eddie, I guess you're done. Philadelphia gets shut out. 
Is that bold? <laughs> yeah, Carson Wentz was a world beater two weeks ago. Yes, yes, he was. Oh, how things have changed. Um, man, there are no good receivers. I'll go Tyler Lockett. Uh, we'll catch a touchdown pass this week. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Mine's going to be a season-long one. The Eagles, after starting out 3-0, and will not win seven games this year. They'll be 6-10 and or worse. I don't know if you look at their schedule, but it is brutal. Yeah, that's a bad and team, too. They're not going to win a lot. That's all I got. Ed, any more? Are you good? Um, Odell Beckham stinks again. Again? Yeah. He's been good the last two weeks. He was saved by two heroic touchdown runs last week. He's he's an amazing talent. Absolutely outstanding player. I think the new marriage is going to weigh tough on him, though. I don't know if he's going to be able to deal with his first game as a newly married man. To the goalpost or the, the net kicking net? Yeah. All right, this wraps up week seven. Um, it's good to get back on the podcast. Good to be doing it again after our uh, one-week hiatus. <clears throat> Thanks to Eddie and Shane for joining me. Best of luck to all you clowns in week seven, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>